Hello. Hi. <laughs> this is Parentel. My name is Kayla. I am your host. I am your creator. I am a parent. <laughs> this, I'm, I was going to say that, but like you, you would know that I was joking, but some other people might think I was serious. Um, this podcast was created by me because I didn't have this when I needed it. So, you know, create what you need, I guess. So I needed this community. I needed this, these conversations and I didn't have them. So I created them, you know, largely for myself, but also for everyone else who needs to have these conversations that are just not happening in your everyday life. So thank you for listening. If you have not already followed us on Instagram, that'd be nice. It's parent tell pod, all one word. We also have Twitter. It's the exact same name. I am not into Twitter at all. Like I said, on the previous episode, I literally just click the button that says post this to Twitter. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Don't care. Um, if you ever want to send me questions, comments, whatever, um, our email address is parent tell pod, exact same as the Instagram account at gmail.com. So we're going to get started. My wine is ready. I'm stirring it with my silicone straw. You know, yeah. got to gotta save the turtles. Yeah. <laughs> my water ready. Yes. <laughs> got to stay hydrated. You're building a child and you're almost done. Almost. <laughs> All right. So today my guest is Gabby. Hi. Hello. So I know Gabby from high school. We actually went to the same high school, uh, Catholic girl school. We wore the plaid skirts. We wore the knee socks. And I don't know about you, but I was fine with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 13 years of Catholic school, I'm a little damaged. But other than that, <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, there are some things that you can reference and only people who went to Catholic school will understand. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, um, that's called trauma bonding. <laughs> Exactly. And that's, that's fine. We all have it in one way or another. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Gabby and I went to high school together and Gabby is pregnant. Yay. How far along are you? I'm 31 weeks today. Oh my gosh. Oh, so exciting. Absolutely. How are you feeling? Um, it's starting to get more real. Like I spend a lot of time in the nursery mostly because the glider helps my back. Mm. Um, so I kind of like an old lady. I'm like, I have to go sit in my chair um, <laughs> throughout the day or I'll teach from here because I'm uh, teaching virtually right now, um, which is a whole nother ball of wax. But oh my gosh. Um, oh, I like doing, that phrase ball of wax. Yeah, we're doing well. I'm just trying to get ready for baby girl at the end of March. And uh, our house kind of looks like a shanty town with as many <laughs> cardboard boxes that have been coming in from people being very, you know, generous and, and lovely. But it's getting to be a little overwhelming to just have to put things away and have nowhere to put them because yes. the boxes in the way. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I remember that pretty clearly. And I've spoken about this before, but clutter gives heightens my anxiety. Are you the same way? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's not a fun time. Yeah. You just, it just, it's like a feeling of just unsettled and it, it just makes me feel antsy. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah. yeah. If I need to like get out of a funk pre COVID, I would invite people over. So it would force me to clean. <laughs> That's funny. So like, get, get rid of it all. So I can, you know, be presentable. 
But now, well, now you get to, you know, you get to like do that last big clean, you know, a month or so from now, because the last thing you want to come home to after coming home from the hospital is mess. Yeah. No, that's not going to happen. It can't happen. No, it can't because that's just like, that goes to the absolute bottom of your priority list because you have way more important, way more beautiful things to take care of. Mm -hmm. So you can just, yeah, put all, get some rage cleaning done if you can, Mm -hmm. and then go have a baby. No big deal. Just come back and like, okay, now there's a third person who lives here. I know. So weird. You get this roommate and just like, oh, I mean, I knew you were coming, but like, you have a lot of shit. Yes. Three pounds currently. Yes. I was just going to say, unfortunately, the clutter doesn't stop. It just like, and even if you are one of those parents who's like a minimalist or you're a parent who's like, oh, I only do Montessori toys or I only do wooden toys, but you're still going to have stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. The stuff is still going to be there. And it's, yes, I've been trying to find ways to cope with the stuff. And I mean, I love baby toys only because I love my baby, but uh, yeah, I've been, I've been trying to like just find ways to organize it. So it looks okay. Yeah. I'm a tchotchke person. So it's really hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're a tchotchke person with a special chair. I mean, yeah. Are you becoming a grandma or? I mean, <laughs> it feels like I'm a grandma. <laughs> Girl, let me, that makes two of us. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been kind of talking about anxiety. Um, we're going to talk, I guess, a lot about that today. Our topic is mental health and quick, I guess, backstory of how I asked Gabby to be my guest for this episode. Um, oh my gosh. I don't even, I think you posted on Yeah, I had a little moment after one of my therapy sessions with my therapist. And I was just like, pregnancy is really isolating and I hate it. Um, And Kayla was so kind and reached out. We haven't talked in like a really long time. I know. (laughs) Um, And you're just like, oh my God, it's going to be okay. And it made me feel so much better. And so you've kind of been like a point person during my pregnancy, whether you know it or not, to sort of just like, you know, touch base with and be like, am I okay? You're, you are, you are okay. You for sure. Yeah. I remember whatever you, cause we ended up texting, which, and it was so funny that we both still had each other's numbers in our phones, literally from high school. Um, I don't remember what you said, but I was just like, yes, I felt that exact same way. Like this shit is hard. And we kind of touched on that a little bit with Bridget's episode. Um, but we're really going to focus on it in this episode and just talking about the mental toll that, pregnancy and now for me also postpartum can take on you. And I guess like how we as a society have really failed our pregnant people, our postpartum people when it comes to checking in and normalizing, seeking um, mental health help because it's, it's rough. Mm -hmm. It can be very rough. It's not rough all the time, it can be very rough. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember I told you that I started Zoloft. Um, it's been almost a year. I've been on Zoloft for almost a year. And those of you who don't know, Zoloft is an essentially an antidepressant. Um, my anxiety got so bad. I'm pretty sure I told you this. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. My anxiety got so bad, especially at night. And the 
So two things. It was so bad. It was affecting my sleep. I would wake up, I think at least five or six times in the night and we sleep with our bedroom door open because we had to have a dog. So, you know, the dog goes in and out and I would wake up, stare at the door, convinced, convinced that I was going to see someone walk in like a scary stranger man, which is also like all things aside, that's one of my number one fears in general that I'm going to wake up and there's going to be like someone in my room staring over me, which I feel like is a pretty common. Oh yeah. Um, not to scare you, but it <gasps> stop. <happens. gasps> shut up. Shut up. Oh my God. Oh my God. Stop. Yeah. I like yeah. want to know. Okay. Tell me. Um, well, I wasn't asleep, but I had gone out to like grab a drink with mm-hmm. a friend and I came back to our apartment that we had just moved in five days prior. Um, after like a very traumatic moving process in the middle of our wedding, it was like, finally, we have an apartment. Great. This is great. Um, and I saw that my bedroom light was on and I was like, oh, that's weird. I thought I turned it on. <gasps> oh my and my God. poor dog, Phoebe, she's a Boston Terrier and she's a nut. She was shaking in her crate down the hallway. And I was like, Phoebe, what's going on? Like, so I'm just talking to her. I was like, let me just turn off the light in the bedroom. And there was a man standing right there. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So I told him to fuck off. Um, <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> what and, did he uh, do? He just ran. He like, he went, he got in through my fire escape window. <gasps> um, but I like held the door shut and I like was cracking up because I forgot the number to 911. Um, which is like, you know, you're just so panicked. Oh yeah. Yeah. What the fu- I was like, what the fuck is the number to 911? Oh, I'm an idiot. Like <laughs> it's in, it's in the name. Um, and so I called 911. I had to call my husband at work and <gasps> so I had to like call the bar cause I knew he wouldn't pick up his phone. And his boss was like, Tyler, Gab got, you guys got broken into, you guys got robbed. And so he like rushed home as soon as he could. It was a whole thing. So oh. like, I totally understand the fear. <laughs> I actually started seeing my therapist soon after that incident. Oh, I'm sure. Um, because it was just like, and now I think it's time to uh, deal with all of the anxiety oh. and depression anyway. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Like major anxiety. Well, thank you. Not going to sleep tonight. Um, Everybody, um, we're fine. Everything's safe. Okay. It, this was a while ago. So, And it's we also live like in the city. So You live in Baltimore, yes? Yes. Okay. <laughs> For context. Yes. It's a beautiful city. It's a great city. I love it. Oh, absolutely. But, you know. It can be. Yeah. Things happen in cities sometimes more so than out in the burbs. Yep. Yep. Well, I will keep that in mind that that has actually happened to someone that I know. But luckily, (laughs) it hasn't happened to me. And I, but it was in my mind. And it was also one of those, like, you're most vulnerable when you're sleeping. Oh yeah. So that's why that's one of my biggest fears. And also my midwife told me that it's actually very normal for your anxiety to spike when you are pregnant, particularly at night, because you are most vulnerable and you not only, you know, it's your body knows, okay, not only do I have to protect myself, I have to protect this baby inside me. So your body is just on high alert. And Mm -hmm. so your anxiety increases. So that's what was happening to me. I just was I, I would hear like the tiniest noise and I'd wake Jimmy up and just be like, what's that? There's someone outside. There's something, but there, you know, there was nothing there. So I eventually at one of my appointments, I said, you know, I just, 
I'm really having a hard time. And she prescribed me Zoloft and she said, you know, like, just let me know if this helps. If it doesn't, you know, we'll move on. And it was my first time ever taking antidepressants. I've never taken them before, probably needed to take them before. Let's be honest. Um, but I had never taken them before. But, you know, after two, three weeks of it being in my system, I noticed I was sleeping again. I wasn't having these, you know, semi irrational fears of someone coming into our house and trying to hurt me and my unborn child. And mm-hmm. so I've been on it ever since. It's been almost a year. I increased my dosage my dosage shortly after giving birth. Um, because I had read one of those, you know, one of those Google searches that went awry. <laughs> um, one of I, the many. <laughs> yes, this was probably before I started asking Jimmy to Google things for me. Um, I read that if you already suffer from anxiety and depression before pregnancy, you are much more likely to struggle with it postpartum. So I was like, nope, not like I can't, I can't. So maybe like a week after I gave birth to Robin. Um, I was very fortunate enough to really like this one midwife and she actually gave me um, her phone number so I could text her. So I text her and I was like, yep, I'm going to go ahead and need to uh, move up to the next dosage, please. Because mm -mm, this it's, I need, I need more right now because I'm coming down from the hormones. I'm dealing with this giant life change. We're in a freaking pandemic in the middle. Like, Hello. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's been working for me and I, I have no problem telling people that I, you know, I'm on Zoloft, I'm on antidepressant, you know, whatever. But I think that there is this stigma, especially still, especially when it comes to pregnant women about like, what do you mean you're taking drugs? Like, what about the baby? Yeah. I mean, mean not sponsored, but I'm also on Zoloft. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Cause I remember I told you, I was like, look, I don't know if it's going to work for you. I did this. Maybe just give it a try. Yeah. So I've, I've been taking Zoloft. I started in the middle of my pregnancy. So I was like just out of my first trimester, maybe in my second. And it's something that I had considered for a while, but it was something that I was always apprehensive about because there is a stigma. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, it's one of those things where you, you can tell your best friend, girl, I'm not going to think of you any different, but when it comes to yourself, you're like, you're not giving yourself as much grace or as mm-hmm. much. Yep. Um, and so for me, like, so <laughs> I've been making like little vlogs for the baby of just me talking to her and stuff. Oh my and God. Put it together when she's like, when, when I have time. Oh my gosh. Um, that's my favorite thing. So for her 18th birthday, yeah, that's when you'll have uh, time. <laughs> that's really when I'm like, I'm really just cursing. I'm sort of like, you kicked the shit out of me today. <laughs> um, but you know, the day that I started Zoloft, um, I like, it was like, let me record a video. Cause I want to remember like how shitty I feel right now. Um, and you know, I just cried to her and I was like, I hate this. I like, I don't want to feel like this. And I've, ultimately I'm doing it for you yeah. because not only do, you know, I, I want to be a better mom for you than, I mean, I love my mom, but she struggled silently for a mm. long time because of like cultural stigma too. Like my mm-hmm. family's broken and, you know, how dare you talk to anybody about your issues, let alone take medicine. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you should just be praying about it or you should just be grateful that you have like a good life, um, which those things can be positive things. Like, yes, check in with, with how grateful you are for the things you have, but sometimes those things are not enough yeah. and you need a little extra support. So like if it is going to see a therapist or starting a medication or just talking to your practitioner, like what options do I have? Um, but it's definitely made a huge difference in the way that I think that I have experienced my pregnancy. Um, because I mean, the first trimester was brutal. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about yeah. like the before and mm-hmm. then the after, because I think it's important to highlight the difference that it has made for you. Yeah. Um, so like, I think you sort of touched on this. Like I probably should have seen a therapist long before I started seeing a therapist, probably should have been on Zoloft or some sort of medication long before I started. Um, I've been, you know, an anxious and depressed person for a very long time. And it wasn't until I was an adult. Um, and I think it was one of, after one of my panic attacks, um, when I was in front of my, hu- my husband, my then boyfriend, and I was like, do you ever feel like that? And he just goes, no. And didn't you want to punch him in the face? Like, what the hell do you mean? You don't feel like this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, yep. what are you talking about? And so it was one of those revelations, like, oh, maybe there is something to this. Like, it's not just that I'm feeling things like in big ways. Yeah. Maybe there's something else to it. Um, so yeah, I started seeing a therapist about three years ago. Um, and that definitely helped, especially with like the trauma of the, the break in and, um, just my, just processing my own kind of stuff. Everyone's got stuff to process. Um, and so even though, and I took a break from her and I, started seeing her again in April of this past year, right after everything shut down because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only because I was like, what the hell's happening? I feel like the world is imploding. Um, But we had been trying to get pregnant for four months and unsuccessful. So there's like a whole nother like layer of anxiety and depression that goes with like just putting in the effort to have a baby. Yeah. Um, It's like, okay, well, I'm super anxious. I know that I'm ovulating during this week and then it doesn't make it fun. Like no. you're not like, come here, babe. Like, <laughs> you're like, we have shit to do. Like, yeah. It literally is like, Hey, just so you know, we have to have sex tonight mm-hmm. and like, you can be dog tired, mm-hmm. but if you want to get pregnant and you are paying attention to your body, guess what? You're going to have tired sex. Is it going to yeah. be the greatest? No, probably not. But Hey, it might get you pregnant if that's what you want, you know? Right. So we had been trying and unsuccessful and, you know, shout out to everybody who tries for much longer than we did. It took us about half a year to get pregnant and like, which is the average. Yeah. And it, even still, like it was devastating. Every oh, I'm sure. Yep. To, to be like, okay, I think that, I think we did it. I think this mm-hmm. is it. And then you take a test or two and you're like, well, shit. Like, yeah, it wasn't even fun. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even worth it. <laughs> and then you get your period and you're just like, ugh, stupid. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, well, then hell, I'm going to enjoy my bottle of wine. And oh, absolutely. Go on yeah. my merry way. Um, so when we f- ended up finding out that we were pregnant, I was fully expecting a negative result because I was Aww. like, oh, I've gotten five before. Yeah. You know, at that point, you're sort of just numb to it's, it. Yeah, it's whatever. And then uh, it was positive. And I was like, oh, what? 
Oh, it literally is the biggest, like, oh, shit. Yeah. So (laughs) there's, like, a level of relief because I'm like, okay, we did it. Mm -hmm. And then the anxiety fully kicked in immediately because it's like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. How much does daycare cost? Like, what do we, like, how do we pay for this? How do I keep this thing alive? Like, mm -hmm. I don't. (laughs) And because we actually found out before four weeks. So I was like, wow, you were fresh. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Which like, I think I probably could have waited a little bit longer and like saved myself a little bit of heart. (laughs) Because I had, (laughs) I had, we had had some wine the night before I found out. Oh, so of course you're like, (gasps) well, yeah, but like, so my husband, Tyler, he's awesome and he's wonderful. Um, He works in the beverage industry. He's like a bartender, bar manager. Um, So he's really into like, you know really tasting cocktails, cocktails and wine and stuff. <laughs> and I'm just like, I just want to drink it. So the night before he's like, well, let's taste this wine. It has these notes. And I'm just <laughs> give me a fucking bottle. Like I'm just trying to like enjoy my wine. I don't like this tastes like a red. Great. <laughs> it tastes like wine. Thank you. Um, and then the next day I was like, I probably should have listened to you and really like enjoyed the notes. Mm. For a while. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like, being an anxious person naturally going into my pregnancy and then you get pregnant and you're like, Oh shit. Like there's so much to think about so much to consider. Um, and what, especially when we're, you're early on, like I was three, almost oh my four. gosh. Wow. But like anything can happen at that point. Oh my God. The most nerve wracking time is those first like I mean, the first trimester in general, because you, the baby's too small for you to feel mm-hmm. a kick. You yeah. are the most vulnerable to anything happening and disrupting and disturbing the fetus. And it's, you also are exhausted and you may be puking and you may be not, like, it is ever, I don't know how your anxiety can't spike during the first trimester, at least. Right. You feel like death, but there's like no actual outward signs of Yes. You. There's no evidence. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, I feel like shit. And I can't really tell anybody that. Yep. Why. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, and so I remember just being like hugging the couch for hours at a time. And my mother-in-law would call and just check in. Hey, just checking in on you. How are you doing? And I'm like, let me swallow my spit before I like puke. I'm like, mm, I'm doing great. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go take the dogs for a walk. Talk to you later. Like <laughs> just complete lying because I couldn't. I, I just, I, I felt personally like it, we wanted to wait a little bit. Yeah, were, for sure. Some, some of my friends did know because they knew that we were trying. Mm. Um, so they were like the first people that I called um, yeah. after I told Tyler. But, um, but yeah, so it's just, especially in the beginning, um, like you said, when there's no evidence that you're pregnant. Yeah. Um, and then of course you go into like, Dr. Google mode and you just read too many things about what could happen, what's happened to three people in the world. And and you're like convinced I'm number four. That's me. It's going to be me. I'm the fourth person to ever do this or have this or be this. So yeah, like even like I can feel my heart racing just thinking about (laughs) the anxiety that I experienced. You have anxiety about your anxiety. Me too. Meta. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So, like, just being, especially early on, and 
you know, your hormones are all out of whack. And so not only was I super anxious, I was like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. This is July that I found out that I was pregnant. So like, like smack dab. Oh mm-hmm. my God, dude. Mm-hmm. So uh. like, it, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. No one's paying attention to what they should be doing. And so now I'm like, oh, I need to like be in a bunker. Yeah. Because I can't go anywhere. I can't see my friends. I, you know, I haven't been pregnant before or had a child before the pandemic, but like, this is not how I pictured my pregnancy, my first pregnancy going. Like, I would love to just be like, oh my God, hey, can we go shopping real quick? Like, I just want to pick up some booties. Yeah. All those missed opportunities. It really is sad for us pandemic pregos. And I, I straddle the line because I got pregnant before mm-hmm. and I had my baby during. So I experienced both. And, but I will say that like my first trimester and like all of my second trimester was pre-pandemic. My third trimester when like I was obviously very much pregnant and like wanted to go to the store to look for the glider, to buy the clothes and to see my friends couldn't do any of that. It's yeah. All those missed. It's definitely, we do have to take a second to just mourn those like missed memories, those missed opportunities. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah, It sucks. So it's like, I'm already, you know, predisposed to being depressed too. So it's like mm-hmm. I'm super anxious about all this stuff, but also I'm stuck in these four walls and I feel like I'm a prisoner in my body. Like I can't yeah. do anything about what's happening. Like I can't will myself to make eyeballs. They're just going to happen. You know, like, <laughs> they're going to exist whether or not I will them to be made or not. Yeah. Um, and so that's super like disorienting too, to sort of be. You're not in charge like, anymore. Yeah, like you're cognizant that you're pregnant because you feel that way. You may not look that way just yet. Yeah. But then there's this whole other thing of like, but I don't feel like myself. Yeah. And it's it's a, a lot of learning to let go. And yes. I think being on medicine has definitely helped me more um, just to manage that. Like it doesn't cure it. Like I, no, I not at all. Feel I still feel super anxious and sometimes really depressed. Like there Mm -hmm. was a time or two in my second trimester that I was like, Ooh, this is bad. Like I feel really, 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 really down. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't take it away, but it makes it more manageable. Yeah. Um, And that's the whole, yeah, it's, it's just, it's support. It's like what you said earlier. It's just, it's a helping hand and there's nothing wrong with needing a helping hand. Truly. I mean, it's, it's similar to therapy. Therapy is a helping hand, you know, like having, which is something we can't do right now, having coffee with that friend every Tuesday at, you know, 10 PM, that's a helping hand. And I mean, I love science. So I'm thankful for the medicine that Mm -hmm. helps us feel better, but it's important. I think it's important that you say it's not a cure. Like we still have anxiety. Mm -hmm. It just helps us manage it. Yeah. Like I still get very anxious. Sometimes I still get very depressed sometimes, but I know that it would be way worse. Mm -hmm. And therefore I would be really, really struggling as a parent right now, if I were not on an antidepressant and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that for sure. I, I think it, you know, I want to model for my daughter 
Like, this is how we take care of ourselves. Like you wouldn't tell somebody with a broken leg, oh, suck it up. Yeah. You know? So like, if there's something in your brain chemistry, that's like not working for you, like don't suck it up. Like try to find a way. And I mean, I do think it's important to also note that like I have access to healthcare Mm. and like a lot of people may not. And Mm -hmm. that is a bigger conversation, obviously, but you know, finding, you know, any resource, if, if it's, you know, like I go to a, uh, becoming mom support group that's free on Wednesday nights. I remember so. when you told me that I was so happy for you, but also so jealous. I was like, <laughs> God, like I would have killed for that a year ago. Oh my gosh. But I think that's so, so like, just so cool. And it's just like, how is it? Tell me. <laughs> I plugged the podcast. Don't you worry. <laughs> Thank um, you. It's nice to be around other pregnant people who are further along than I am and also not as far as along because as much as I've learned over the past however many weeks that I've been going, um, I feel like I sort of have some wisdom to give to the woman who's 10 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Um, And so like that also makes me feel good because it's like, oh, well, here's what I experienced. How can I help you? Or, Or this might be useful to look into, or even just sharing resources, podcasts, yeah. that's how your name came up, oh. <laughs> um, or books or anything like that. So, you know, finding free re- resources too, or like, I know on the podcast, you had mentioned the app Expectful, mm-hmm. and I downloaded it and I love it. Um, so like, it's a, a monthly cost, but in comparison to, you know, if you don't have access to a therapist who doesn't take insurance, yeah. like that might be a good alternative too. So I think just finding the things that bring you joy and like make your pregnancy that much more manageable because it's not always the most beautiful experience. It is a beautiful experience. Yes. And but it's I- not always... I just feel like I, we always end up, no matter who I'm talking with, we always end up going back to, it's not what you see and hear and read in mainstream life and mainstream society and mainstream media. Yes. 100%. That's part of it. Like 100%. It's amazing when you, most of the time, when you feel a baby kick, unless you're sleeping. Um, and yes, like you'll find that outfit that you look super cute in. And like one day you'll wake up and you'll totally just be feeling yourself and you'll be so excited But then it's also really hard because, like I said before, you are not in control of your body. And for us with anxiety, and I talked about this briefly with Crystal last week, control is a huge part of anxiety and Mm -hmm. lack of control spikes the anxiety. So yeah, being pregnant and having no control over the body that I'm making inside my body while my outwardly body changes is hard. But there's nothing wrong with being on medication. And I think that's so cool that you filmed um, yourself just kind of talking about it. And that's such a, it's going to be such a positive resource for your daughter. And I think it's really important that we are absolutely way more transparent about all of this than previous generations, because that's how you kind of break the generational cycles And that's how you normalize getting any sort of help or guidance or support for your mental health. Cause it's just about become, it's just about being the best person that you can be. Mm -hmm. 
I'm doing this, like you said before, I'm doing this to be a better parent. I'm old, I'm doing this because I care, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's really important for us to keep that in the forefront of our minds. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but like cultural impact is mm. like a huge thing. So like, I totally understand if people are like, I'm not ready to go on medication or I'm not ready to talk to a therapist because like I wasn't ready until three years ago and I am nearly 29 years old. So like, it's not a one-way ticket. Like there's not just like you, you figure it out and you do it. Like I've had to try different things and and Mm -hmm. do different things, even in my pregnancy. And it's only been 31 weeks. Like I'm trying different things or going to different groups or trying out a different, you know, yoga program or whatever it is um, just to see what fits. Mental health is very much trial and error. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm glad you bring that up because we also do tend to get this image of it being, oh, we'll just take an antidepressant and you'll feel better. Oh, we'll just go to therapy and you'll like, and you'll be fine. Like magically you're cured. That may work for some people. It may not work for other people, or you may like us be on antidepressants and go to therapy. Um, I actually just met with a brand new therapist today. Oh, good. Um, yeah, virtually. And she actually specializes in maternal mental health. So I'm mm-hmm. very, I know I'm very, very excited. She's also a military spouse. So mm-hmm. I am constantly, I feel like I'm constantly working on my mental health mm-hmm. and I, but I'm never not going to be. And I think some people sometimes have the misconception that like, oh, well, if you just work harder, then you'll be fine. Oh, well, you've gone to therapy for like three years now, so you you can stop going, right? No, it is constantly, it's that growth mindset. It's yeah. constantly changing and forming to just make yourself the best version of yourself that you want to be. It's a daily practice. Yeah. It's like every single day, it, it has to change. Because um, even with when people talk about self-care too, it's like, oh, well, take a shower. Well, if I'm real depressed, the shower's not going to happen. No, you know? no, it's because that seems like the hardest thing in the world to do is to get up and take a shower. The hardest thing in the world to do is to get up and brush your teeth. You just, you know, you need to, and you keep telling your brain keeps like, okay, go do it. Go the anxiety is telling you mm-hmm. you're gross. Yep. Take a damn shower. And then the depression's like, but doesn't the couch feel real nice? Yeah. Just stay. Yeah. Your bed is so comfortable. One more show. One more show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I'm still watching. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It's so much bigger than just snapping out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just one of those things. A lot of times, unfortunately, unless you have personally experienced it or, you know, someone close to you who has experienced it, it might be hard for you to truly, truly understand and therefore sympathize. But I think the more that we keep having conversations like this, the more, people can learn to understand. Definitely. And I will say too, and I know not everyone has a a partner that they're with when they're pregnant, but, you know, having a partner, either a romantic partner or just like a good friend um, to sort of just be as open as you can and be like, I'm having a shitty day. And, you know, I can tell Tyler, you know, I feel like crap. And he goes, okay, what do, what can we do? What do we, what do you need? And so we'll go through sort of my list of coping skills. Um, and so it's nice to also have a person to uh, bounce those ideas off of, because when you are in that like funk, 
it's hard to think for yourself sometimes. The mental fog can really, Mm -hmm. yeah, it can get the best of me too. So just like having a person be like, well, how about we go take a walk? Or if that's too much, like, how about, you know, you put on your comfy socks? Like sometimes I just need a pair of comfy socks and just like put my feet up for a little bit. Yeah. And and I start feeling better. Um, But to have a person, you know, romantic or not, or, you know, just a friend to say, to check in with and just say, Hey, I'm having a hard time. Like that, it makes all the difference. I think. Um, So I definitely encourage your listeners, if they are struggling to like reach out to one person or two people that they're really close with to just like, you know, touch base. And once you develop that sort of rapport that you are needing help, they're more likely to check in on you without you asking. Yes. Cause that is the hardest part I was going to say, cause I'm one of those people where, unless I'm very, very comfortable with you, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I'm just tired. Like I'm just tired when 99% of people ask me how I was doing when I was pregnant, it was, oh, I'm fine. Oh yeah. I just, mm, yeah, my head hurts. I'm okay. I'm okay. But I was not, I was not always okay. Right. Um, especially in the beginning where I just was like, literally a walking zombie. And I mean, fatigue exacerbates every emotion and thought that you have. So my anxiety and my depression kicked my ass first trimester. Mm -hmm. I, that was my lowest low. And at the time I was still talking with my therapist who was in uh, California and I remember just looking at her and just being like, her name is Liz. Just like Liz. I just, I don't know. I'm done. Like, I'm just, I can't, like, I'm just so tired. And because I'm so tired, it's just, everything is worse. So if you are that person who has a hard time reaching out um, and, or if you know, like, oh, I know that she's not okay. So like, maybe let me reach out to her. Mm-hmm. And it's cause there are, you know, I'm sure everyone has at least one person in their life who like, they just don't reach out. And it's because they either think it's they're weak or they're being needy or they just shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely if you have that person in your life, check on them. Um, I mean, you know, pregnant or not, but especially obviously pregnant because we are sometimes going through some stuff in our heads Mm -hmm. and it's, there's like, there's doors closed. We we can't Mm -hmm. just walk out. Someone else has to open the door from the outside. Yeah. I mean, even just you know, that one post that I made on Instagram when I was struggling and I was like, it was a bad time. Um, and like you reached out and you weren't the only person. There were so many other women and people who are either are pregnant or who have been pregnant. were like, girl, same, like, re- like, let's talk about it. Yeah. And so even, you know, something as simple as just being like, I'm having a hard time and not really giving much context to it it's not my favorite social media move, but like when you're that low, sometimes you just need to be like, I'm in the bottom of a well. Can anybody hear me? Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Uh, in this, like, especially in the age of the pandemic where for a lot of people, myself included, like social media has changed in that it is way more interactive for me. I'm talking to way more people, people who I know, and strangers who I just happen to get to know on the internet because we're all trying to reach out on some mm-hmm. level because it's human nature to want, you know, that social piece. I've connected with, it's so random. I hope she listens to this. Um, <laughs> but 
Um, I have a friend from college who I don't know if I've met his wife in person or not, but we're friends on Instagram and she's, I think four or five weeks ahead of me. Um, Oh, that's awesome. And so, you know, we, she's kind of my like pregnancy buddy because I can just be like, Hey Jackie, um, what the fuck is this? Or like, you know, I just got diagnosed with gestational diabetes, which like is a whole nother. You did? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so Uh, mad. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Hey, but it's gestational. It's not forever. Yeah, it's not You only got, you only got nine more weeks to go. I know, but I had some hot chocolate today and my (laughs) So, whoops. Um, I I was going to say YOLO, but maybe that's not appropriate for Yeah, I have like my education appointment next week. So I was like, I can like have a little bit of fun until I learn what I'm Oh, you can want to. Oh, oh, I didn't. Ah, really? I didn't know. (laughs) But like, even just like talking to her, like, hey, what should I, what can I expect for this blood draw? Like, what is it like? Um, Like that has been so helpful. And, you know, it's just, we don't know each other very well. But we know each other enough to be like, hey, how are you? You know, like, how's it going? Are you yeah. doing okay? Um, we That's even- the power of pregnancy, people. That's the power of pine saw, baby. That's just what <laughs> I thought of in my brain. <laughs> that's how my brain works. You know, what I, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I yeah, can just hear that lady saying it. That's the power of pregnancy, baby. <laughs> Love it. Maybe that's the title of this, <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Yeah. So let's, I don't know, let's keep doing that for each other. And especially for the pregnant people out there, um, you guys have like, you've got this. It may not seem like it at the time. You've got this. Also, I know that a few listeners have brands making new babies. You've, mm, listen, you've got this. It it, like, whew, I talk about my, oh, I'm having like, PTSD, (laughs) having flashbacks. I mean, literally the hardest time in my life was Mm -hmm. the first two weeks of my son's life. And I was not prepared. So I am no expert, but you can do it. And if you want to do it while going to therapy, while taking Zoloft, while doing some daily meditation, 100% more power to you. Mm -hmm. If it's going to help you, do it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Are yeah. you ready? Well, the anxiety now is the I've read like three labor books and now I'm on to like the book about how you keep a kid alive. Uh, <laughs> so that's the new anxiety, but we'll get there. We have some time. Yeah, you have you have time. And it's really it's so funny because like the things that you're gonna be terrified about, even just like walking while holding them, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to fall. Oh my God. Um, and those are called intrusive thoughts. We're going to have a whole nother episode about those. <laughs> so I won't really even get into it, but they're very real and they're very hard to stop them. Um, but it's just one of those things where like, we're so adaptable and we're all so capable. The things that seem scary, the day you bring her home from the hospital, a week after you won't even think twice about changing mm-hmm. the, You're like, got it. Changing this diaper clean that umbilical cord, like, oh, stump fell off. Cool. Like (laughs) save it for later. Save it for the book. (laughs) Put it in a smoothie. Hmm. (laughs) God. 
you know, some people do that and that's more power to you. More power to them. I have no idea. Now I'm like, oh, where's Robbins? No, not a clue. Not a clue. Let me tell you about the memory loss that happens when you are sleep deprived. which is what I already talked about, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a whole nother level when the baby's out of you, but, yeah. but yeah, it's those things that like, that are scary. You, you know, like you just push forward and you just keep doing it. And before you know it, they're not scary anymore. And, um, right after Robin was born, I think it was the day after he was born. And I was kind of like back on earth, <laughs> back on my phone and texting people. Um, I texted my former therapist from California uh, and I sent her cause she said I could. And I like, I am very, cause you know, like some therapists it's, you have to keep those professional limits. Um, sure. But she <clears throat> made an exception for me. <laughs> I did text her um, a picture, a few pictures of Robin. And I just said like, Hey, cause she had told me like when he's born, let me know. And I, you know, I was born this day, blah, blah, blah. And she texted back. It was just like a paragraph of like hard eye emojis. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. and she, but she gave me, and I actually kept her text message. I know it's at like the very bottom of my text messages, but I kept it because she said, this is such an amazing time for you. I'm so happy for you. I was just wondering when you were going to birth, blah, blah, blah. And I responded and I said, yeah, it's going to be really great but it's also going to be hard. And she said, you need to keep that in mind. It's going to be hard, but it's also going to be really good. Mm -hmm. And from every now and then I kind of like scroll back and just look at what she said, just remind myself like, yes, it's hard, but it's good. It's not a bad hard because it's so good when it's good. Mm -hmm. So we can do this. We've got this. That's the power of Pine Saw Baby. <laughs> I think that's her new byline too. <laughs> Honestly, I've always loved those freaking commercials. It's just her, vo- like, I love, I'm going to go look them up on YouTube after this. <laughs> I love her. I don't know where she is. I don't know her name, but I love her. Are you ready for the last question? Sure. So you're actually, you're only the second uh, person who I've, I, I've asked this question to, because you're my second prego on the show. So, and I'm very interested to see how you answer. How do you want being a parent to change you as a person? I have thought about this. I actually wrote some notes. Nice. Because I'm an anxious person. (laughs) When also, I mean, we've talked about, Mary and I talked about this on the social media episode. Like the memory is trash. Your brain is, is just like really struggling when you're pregnant and after. So I get it. Um, I think I want becoming a parent to change me in that I want to be the model for my daughter that I could have used as a child. Nice. Um, So like, and I love my mom. My mom is the most amazing woman and I'm so grateful for, you know, to have her as my mother. Um, And so it's not a knock to her at all because I think that everyone does the best that they can. Yep with the experiences that they've experienced and with the information that they have. Yes. Like her experience was so different than my experience growing up. She has her own set of, you know, things that she went through as a kid and as an adult that shaped her into the mother that she is. Right. And, was. Um, and so 
and she just did her best, you know, like, unfortunately I can't talk to my mom about this because she has dementia. Um, so like, it's hard to sort of tap into, you know, thinking about like, what would she say in this moment? Right. Mm. But at the same time, it's like, I, I was her first kid. So she was probably excited, but also like terrified out of her mind. Um, and so like just reminding myself that like she tried her best and I think given everything that, you know, I think she could have done differently, she still did a great job. And so like holding on to that and also making different choices for my daughter and modeling for her that like, it's okay to need to take medicine because your brain chemistry does something different or it it doesn't help you function. Or just like, it would be okay for you to take medicine because you're sick or um, because you have a cough. Like it's all the same thing. So I would, I want to be the kind of parent um, that my mom was and like an an enhanced version of it, because I think I'm coming into my, into my parenthood, into my motherhood um, with a different set of uh, knowledge and expectations um, then maybe my mom had for herself. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, my mom did the best for me and I'm going to do the best for my daughter. And yeah. It's going to be named after my mom. So I'm very excited. Oh, wait, what do you want to say it? What's your mom's name? My mom's name is Isabel. That's really beautiful. That's sweet. Oh, that's so nice. It's awesome. But 100%, like we, and Crystal said that last week, um, we are all doing the best we can. And contrary to what kids think, at least this is what I thought when I was a kid, adults do not know everything. Mm-hmm. Adults do not have everything figured out. Like we are just Who gave as- me permission. Who gave me permission? <laughs> I, I don't think I did. <laughs> oh, I honestly, one time I definitely said to Jimmy and like, I'm not qualified to do this. Like <laughs> I don't have the certifications necessary to take on this endeavor. But you know what? Here I am 8 months later and yeah. I mean, I feel I feel much more qualified now, but it's, you know, it's ever evolving because now I'm like, oh my god, pretty soon he's going to be walking. What the hell do I do? Like how do you baby proof things? Oh, do we do people baby proof anymore? What is, you know? And it's mm-hmm. but we're all just doing the best we can and if your daughter decides to have children, she's going to do the best. Like it's just, it's constantly ever evolving. And that's all you can really hope to do is to give your child the childhood that you had. And then some, mm-hmm. you are always trying to make it better because that's what you do for the people that you love. Yeah. 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 And I mean, she's very fortunate that she has two parents who love her and who have access to resources and who yeah. will, maybe notice things in her earlier and say, Hmm, maybe we should take advantage of those resources when she's, you know, 13 and not have to have her wait until she's 26 to sort of figure it out and have an existential crisis, you know? (laughs) Yes. A quarter life crisis. So I was just going to say quarter life crisis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that's great. Good answer. Thanks. (laughs) well this has been lovely um thank you for making my friday night different because normally i'd just be sitting on the couch with the tv in the background 
on my phone while my husband plays Animal Crossing. <laughs> so sounds not much different than my Friday night. I'm over I'm here waiting Friday night with my ice water and my alarm that tells me to take my prenatal vitamin. Hey, so. pretty soon that ice water will be just ice because you'll be in labor. Just kidding. <laughs> No, you can have popsicles. The amount of popsicles I devoured in labor. I don't think I've ever loved popsicles. As I was just like, yeah, go get me another orange popsicle. Oh, yeah, go oh, it's red. All right, fine. I'll take it. Give me the popsicle. Yeah. I'm curious about the gestational diabetes in the popsicles. Oh, shit. Can, yeah. I, like, can we get a sugar free? That sounds like bullshit. That sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can have juice, but juice has so much sugar in it too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, those ice chips. <laughs> can we put a little bit of stevia on them just for a little kick? Just a little sprinkle, <laughs> some brown sugar. <laughs> I mean, so and we won't okay. even, <laughs> we won't even get into like how it's 100% bullshit that hospitals don't let you eat when you're in labor. Uh, I mean, you've read Anime's Guide to Childbirth. I saw you reading it. So you know that like, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, um, I need your stomach empty for C-section. Nabu, like you could still make it happen. Anyway, I digress. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> Enjoy your ice chips and your ice water. I will yeah. probably top my wine glass off and we're going to watch our husbands play games. What a life. Who knew? You know, we're in charge. We're the adults. We're the parents. Oh, God, that was fucking terrifying. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. It's just like Liz said, it's going to be hard, but it's going to be so good. It will be. I'm very excited. We're we're very fortunate and we're very grateful. Despite all of the, you know, not loving being pregnant, you know, I'm looking forward to having her here. So it'll be exactly. Good. And that's all. That's all that really matters. Yeah, we'll be good. Well, thank you so much, Gabby. Thanks. And I will talk to you later. Yeah. Bye.